folks, and welcome to another episode of the Leadership Tales podcast. I'm delighted today to be joined by the amazing Brian Beckham. I can only describe him as amazing. I love my conversations with him. I met him on his podcast, Lessons from Leaders, um, when I launched my book, um, and we hit it off straight away. And you'll get a sense of why when you listen to this recording today uh, with Brian. He's one of the U.S. leading trial lawyers. He's a philosopher. He's a computer scientist. He's a philanthropist. And therefore, you get a sense of he's got multiple different disciplines, backgrounds, and experience which he brings to his work. And you'll hear today stories of how his father influenced him, how his work influences him. And for me, the the fascinating piece is how you can do good through a technical expertise like being a lawyer and start to shift and shape some of the, the key things that are happening in our society today. So delighted you get a chance to listen to Brian. You will love him. He's warm, he's friendly, and I look forward to hearing what you think about our conversation. Delighted to be joined by somebody who I've only met once, and it was a great conversation on his podcast, and I asked him to come on, firstly, because he's got an amazing background, but secondly, because of all the lessons that uh, he's had from people talking on his podcast. So, Brian Beckham, welcome to the podcast. Colin, I can't tell you how much I appreciate being on the show. I've I've been looking forward to this for, for weeks now. I mean, you and I shot our show, which hasn't been released yet. I think a couple months ago, and it's one of my favorite episodes I've shot. You know, when I when I record the podcast, I go back and listen to the shows three or four times. I've listened to yours. It's incredible. Uh, people are going to love it. And as a bonus, I think it's going to be scheduled to be released right about the time that a book that I've been really looking forward to is going to be released, a book called Be More Wrong by none other than yours, Truly, yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, but, sir. <laughs> yeah, well, but but in any event, seriously, I I really, yeah. really, really am excited about this, and I appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. I know you uh, you've had some great guests. Uh, you're doing great things, and so so thank you. Well, oh, pleasure. So I'd love just for those who don't know you, I and mean, you know what part of the world. The great thing about doing this podcast is we're talking to people from all over the world, and it'd be yeah. great. I can text the accent will give people a, a sense of where you're from, but maybe just give you a bit of your background, your history, and what why I'd want you on. Because I mean, looking at your CV, it's amazing. Yeah. So well, I, I I appreciate that. Uh, so I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm actually a seventh generation Texan, although. My dad was an Air Force officer, and so I moved around all over the place when I was growing up. And, you know, but I've been in Houston, Texas for 20 years. And it's funny because there's a lot of Brits and Scottish people and Irish people and people from Great Britain and Houston. And I always say, man, what kind of accent is that? And they say, what do you mean? What kind of accent? You know, you're you're the one with with the accent. So, yeah. But but in any event, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm a Texan, and uh, like I said, I'm a military brat. I grew up basically all over the United States. Uh, I was kind of raised with the in, in kind of the military lifestyle where you've got to be prepared to move a lot. And the, you know, my dad was uh, is still alive. He's one of my heroes. And you know, when I was growing up, one of the things I, right now I'm a, my primary job is a lawyer representing people who've been injured or killed, but I also run a leadership podcast, like you mentioned, but probably the defining moment in my life or the defining event in my life was losing my mother when I was 10 years old. And so uh, when I was 10 and my brother was eight and my dad was a 
major in the Air Force. My mom died after a five-year battle with breast cancer. And my dad has become one of my heroes as a result of that because of the way uh, he handled that. I mean, I, I, I can tell story after story after story, but I'll just tell you one real quick. Mm. My dad put a big three, like a magnetic three on our refrigerator door after my mother died. And he told my brother and I, he goes, no matter what happens, guys, whether I get remarried or anything else happens, the, the three of us will always come first. And, you know, I'm 48 now looking back on that. That's the kind of reassurance that is super important for kids when they're that age. And, you know, my dad raised my brother and I as an Air Force, a very distinguished Air Force officer, flew 200 combat missions to Vietnam, won the Distinguished Flying Cross. I mean, if there's an honor to be won, he won it. And at the same time, he's raising two young, rambunctious boys, both of whom played sports. I think he missed one of my games in high school and just really, really is a role model for me and a lot of other people. But but that event, <clears throat> my mother passing away, the older I get, the more I realize how that affects people subconsciously. And so I don't think it's a mistake because when my my mother died as a result of some very serious negligence on the on, on the uh, part of some Air Force doctors, and my dad actually uh, had a legal case and, and proved it and won. And yeah. I didn't know it at the time because I was too young, and my dad kept all that stuff kind of away from us so we didn't have to think about it as little kids. But now I basically do what the lawyer for my mother did for our family, and so <clears throat> I don't think it's a coincidence that I do what I do, and and I also don't think. I, that it's a coincidence that I've, in addition to being a lawyer and a podcast, so I'm very, very interested in the way the mind works and consciousness and meditation and things of that nature. And I think that is in large part because as I've grown older, it's been a good way for me to explore some of the impacts of some childhood trauma that, that I've had. You know, I, I think the science is pretty clear on the fact that childhood trauma, losing a parent, or being the victim of abuse really affects you throughout your entire life. And, and you can ignore it and, you know, shove it into your subconscious and then it manifests itself in things like addictive behavior and stuff like that, or you can confront it head on. And as I've grown older, that's kind of what I've tried to do. So, but anyway, I'm in Houston, Texas. I've run my own law firm for 20 years. I also run, like you said, a leadership podcast lessons from leaders that I started during quarantine uh, I'm a dad to three teenagers, two boys and a girl. I've been married for 20 years. And I'm also a practitioner as of two years ago, of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which is one of the best things tell, I've done in the last 10 years. Tell me about that. I saw that. that yeah, yeah. I want to know what that is. What is it? Okay. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, it's a, it's a form of martial art. It's a fighting style. It's similar to wrestling. Uh, there's no striking involved. So you're not punching people or kicking people. Mm. But it's a. It, it was actually originally jujitsu was originally developed in Japan and then brought to Brazil, taught to a man by the name of Helio Gracie, mm -hmm. and then the Gracie family in Brazil has made jujitsu world famous. And it, it, basically, it's a martial art. Is what it is involving grappling. It's kind of like wrestling, except I can choke you, mm -hmm. I can break your elbow, I can break your ankle, I can do what they call submission holds. And gotcha. but but. I started about two years ago at the age of 47. People were telling me I was crazy. <laughs> and it's 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 been the best thing I've done in the last 10 years for a host of reasons that mm. 
we can discuss. But but anyways, it's uh, it's my passion now, and uh, you know, among other things. So so that's basically uh, that's, yeah. that's basically Brian Beckham in a nutshell. <laughs> that, that that is quite a story. I'm so sorry to hear about your mother, but there's there's something here about um, there's parallels for me about my childhoods in here um, and relationship with father. And then about the spirits of the the family and other pieces coming in. So I'd love to explore a bit of that. I, sure. I'm a big passionate believer in meditation, as we talked about headspace, um, yeah. you know, and and that's my practice. But I'm also getting into breathing in other areas, which it's is amazing. You'd say that about breathing, by the yeah. way. I've, I've just started really focusing on some breath work too. If, if you want to talk about that, I'm really really interested in that right now too. Love that. I mean, it's. It's interesting. The more you do your own work and, you know, you eat your own dog food, as we say over here, the more you the more you explore uh, these areas, you suddenly come up with a bit. And I'm passionate about understanding about the jujitsu as well, because they, I think there's something here that the one bit, the one regret I've got in my life, and I don't have many, is, is really about uh, not doing some sort of martial art, because everybody I know yeah. who did it, there was a discipline and there was something else that they got from it. So I'd love to explore yeah. that. But sure. let, let me talk about the purpose there, because that's that's fueling you in terms of your lawyer uh, work. It's fueling you in terms of this, you know, winning lawsuits for others. Yeah. But for some people who might be listening, they're saying, well, okay, this is about money. But it, the, the, my yeah. sense of knowing you, there's something deeper in this underneath that, you know, from a, yeah. winning large amounts of money for people. Yeah, great. But there's something about the righting wrongs or fighting for others in there, isn't there? Yeah. There's no doubt about that. I've always been one of those people that roots for the underdog. So I don't root for the New York Yankees. I don't. I wouldn't root for Manchester United. You know, I'm not <laughs> that guy. I don't I was, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I root for the underdog, and I've always been that way. And, you know, I, I'm not ashamed to tell people that I make good money doing what I do. Uh, mm. I, I make really good money doing what I do, and I'm not ashamed to admit that. But the nice thing about what I do is I get to make good money and I get to help real people on a daily basis. So I'll tell you a quick story. I represented a 13-year-old girl about, gosh, this must have been 15 years ago. She lost three fingers on her left hand, including her wedding ring finger. Wow. In a case that was going to be really hard to win. I ended up win, winning the case, getting her a, a big settlement. And she has since graduated from high school. I've got a picture frame hanging in my office that she sent me with her high school graduation picture and a note that said how much she appreciated it. Then she went to the University of Texas, uh, which is a college in Texas, one of the biggest colleges in Texas, mm. really prestigious. And she, after she graduated from there, I got a note with a graduation picture that said I used settlement money. <clears throat> I would not have been able to afford to go to college without the settlement money. Yeah. And the settlement money enabled me to do that. And I actually ran into her about she came up to the office to see me about five years ago. But the, the point of that story is, and, and that's not the only time that's happened. The point of the mm. story is one of the wonderful things about my job mm. is that I really get to change people's lives. And it's real people that I get to see face to face. It's not some big corporate entity, which is fine, mm. but but it's I'm, I'm closer to the action. And the other thing I'll say is, at least in America, really the last line of defense against making sure corporations make smart decisions and do safe things and don't cut corners on safety is the trial lawyers, the people that do what I do. And so I, I do feel a sense, uh, I, I love the fact that I make good money because it enables me to give that money back to other people and to do things uh, to support people that need it. So 
Uh, but but you're right. There is there is a higher purpose there, and mm. it would be difficult for me to understand how somebody can get up and go to a job on a day to day basis that, that they don't really have some sort of passion or purpose for. I I, I I feel for people that are in that situation. I'm with you. I'm with you. And you know, there's there's a common theme for me around unlikely leaders. All these people have doubts about their capability to lead. And also one of my biggest passions is introverts that make the strongest leaders. But we have this view about, you know, charismatic people making the best leaders. But so fighting for the underdog and something I'm doing next year, Brian, we weren't talking about this when we last met is we're doing kicking off something called the 500, which is looking at disadvantage opportunities for 18 to 30 year olds and getting mentorship schemes up for that. Um, and it's people like that, that lady who went to, to college after you helped and support her there, you know, to, yeah. to give people the opportunity to, to, to grow. So, Coming back out of that, you've got some kids, and there's a, there's a piece in there about you know I'm I'm a father, and I look at the learnings, and I look at what your dad taught you. So I want to just go back to your dad for a second. Yeah. What's the lessons that you pick up from that 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 maybe resonate with some of your work that you've done in the podcast, where you've gone, yep, that's exactly how that that aligns. Yeah. So I would you know I would say when I think of the lessons my dad has taught that my dad taught me. If it's not the main lesson, it's one of the top two or three is he, he taught me never to quit. Mm-hmm. And so it was a huge deal to him. Matter of fact, the day I left for college, he bought me a book of pictures. It was basically a book of sporting accomplishments uh, in all different kinds of sports where it would have like a picture of somebody basically crawling across the finish in a marathon or somebody covered in mud in a football game. And they're just gutting it out. And the title of the book was Don't Quit. And he inscribed it in the inside to me. He said, you know, Brian, basically, he said, persistence wins. <clears throat> and don't ever forget that. I still have that book. As a matter of fact, it's about 10 feet away from me. I'm in my study right now. And mm-hmm. so my dad gave me this discipline, I guess you, you can call it, that uh, in order to beat me, you're going to have to kill me because I'm never, ever going to quit. And mm-hmm. that's really been an amazing tool to have in my profession, and I'm sure in any other professions. And then the other thing my dad taught me, frankly, Colin, and one of the reasons that I started my podcast is he's just a decent human being. He, mm-hmm. His values, are, he, he treats everybody equally. He cares about people. He's probably been single-handedly responsible for at least 500 people going to college because after he was in the Air Force, he was a high school teacher for, for 20 wow. years. And I, I think what he taught me is and I didn't always realize this, is, is it's not about me. It's not about what I can do for me. It's about what I can do for other people. That That is really, I probably didn't realize that until I was in my 40s. Because, you know, when, when I was in my 20s and 30s, it was all about me, me, me. What can I do for me? What can I do for me? And what's your name? Yeah. yeah and, I, and I finally realized that not only is that a recipe for being unhappy, uh, if you're only focused on what you can do for yourself, but but if you want to be joyful, like really truly happy, the best way to do that is to do things for other people. So even if you want to be a little selfish about it, doing things for other people yep. will make you feel so so much better. So so do, doing things for other people and and never quitting are probably the two biggest lessons that I got from my father. I love that. I want to go off one of those because the, the, 
I never give up, never quit is something in there. And we're, we're talking a lot about resilience now. And then we're talking about a lot yeah. about mindfulness, and the you know, the breath classes, everything else in there. And to be able to do that and stick in there and, and, and have a purpose and fight and do the probably hours that you do. There's something about keeping yourself as, as a, as an individual fit and healthy. So talk to me about that. And maybe some of the things you've tried and they just haven't worked because, you know, the be more wrong principle and I've screwed up so many times in terms of my personal health with a knee yeah. up on my knee, current left knee as one, you know, symbol of that. So tell me a bit about what you tried and what, what's worked for you and maybe not what's not worked as well. Yeah, sure. So I would say, like you were, we were talking about earlier, we we're, we're both uh, big fans of meditation and I've been a regular meditator for about 15 years. And I, I think in terms of something that's very healthy, not, not only for your, your mind, but also for your body, that's probably been the biggest game changer for me. And, you know, a lot of people, I think, before they get into meditation, think that it's about stopping your thoughts or it's about some woo-woo uh, kind of spirituality sort of thing. And it, it really is none of that. And and by the way, what you realize real quickly in meditation is you can't stop your thoughts. It's impossible. Exactly. Right? That's yeah. like one of the first things you realize is, is how your, your mind just generates these thoughts. Uh, subconsciously without you really doing anything about it. But it, meditation is really just about learning more about yourself and how your your own mind works. And when you understand how your own mind works, it really gives you a lot of, gives you a sense of serenity, a sense of calmness, things like that. Uh, martial arts in terms of uh, physical training has been absolutely incredible for me. You know, I've been practicing yoga for over 10 years and it's, it just happened to be, Colin, that yoga is really good for the martial art that I've been doing because flexibility helps a lot. And so yeah. the, the, the martial arts has been just, I could talk forever about this, one of the best things I've ever done. I, I will tell you, in terms of things that <laughs> didn't work, uh, during quarantine, like a lot of people, my consumption of wine probably doubled my... <laughs> My staying up late, I was like 2 a.m., you know, my wife and I watching streaming shows every night. We didn't have anything else to do. So I put on about, gosh, I probably put 10 pounds. And I kept a chart every day in a journal of what my weight was, what time I went to sleep, how much I drank, what I did for exercise, all that sort of thing. So I, I could track this whole thing with pretty good detail. And mm. I gained about 20 pounds during quarantine. Even though I was exercising every day, my, my diet, dietary habits, particularly my wine drinking habits, got a little out of control. And so what I found, Colin, mm. I'm about to be 49 in November, is that all the usual tricks that I've been using my whole life to lose those 10 pounds are not working. They're not working quite as work. fast, right? <laughs> yeah, so... So I, oh, I, I got about five more to go, but I but <clears throat> but I am working on it. And so I try not to be too critical of myself. One of the things that meditation has taught me is there are times, and I, I know a lot of people listening will relate to this. That voice in your head that's criticizing you. If if somebody some other person talked to you the way you talk to yourself, they'd be your worst enemy. And so yeah. I try not to be too hard on myself. I mean, I'm a type a personality and, and, and a pretty driven person. So I'm, I'm pretty self-critical at times, but, uh, I'm, I'm trying to lose that last five pounds. So if you got any secrets, 
for a penny hey, I tell you, guy, I, let me know. <laughs> this will be like a, a mutual self-help piece. It, uh, what I found <laughs> is I did a couple of things recently, and I'm, I'm with you because I, I was coached by a guy called Jamie Clear, uh, Jamie Smart, um, uh, with a book called Clarity a long while ago, and he talked about falling out of your thinking. And he talked about this this need for you know, to, to clear your mind on a regular basis and work it. But he said, don't, as you said, don't forget the thoughts. Don't try to push them away. Just let them flow and work. And he, he uses this wonderful analogy, um, which I still hold to this day, is as we grow older, our river gets frozen. So if you think about the Colorado River churning through the, the rock, and suddenly as we go older, we get all these things that add to it and freeze it. Yeah. So in the end, we've only got a small amount of a trickle flowing through underneath all this ice. So we've got to unfreeze our thinking. So I, what I love about what you said is the tracking, firstly, of what you've done is, is an interesting bit. The second thing is the meditation and the jitsu and jujitsu and the other pieces in here. But what I wanted to link in was I've been reading this book, Why We Sleep, which is fascinating. I don't know if you've read Why we, Why we Sleep. Yeah. 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 And it's it's this... It's the punishment the brain takes through a lack of sleep. And wine is one of them. And it's scaring the hell out of me at the moment, you know, because I'm with you. I'm loving my wine. <laughs> and I'm actually using one of the this whoop that I'm testing out at the moment to measure my uh, there you go. Yeah. I, I got one on too, my man. <laughs> and it's I'm looking after I've had an alcoholic night and I look back at my sleep and I go, wow, what it's a terrible, it? yeah. <laughs> So, so for those who are looking at us and going, so where's all the fun in your lives? It sounds like you're yeah. trying to cut out everything that's that provides joy in our lives. How how do you balance all of that in your life? Yeah, what do you do? That, that's a that's a great question, Colin. And and one of the things that I do occasionally is all. I'm not surprisingly, I've been a journal journaler. Mm-hmm. For 20 years, I've been writing in a journal, but almost on a daily basis. But one one thing I'll do is once a month or so, I'll I'll write down what what are the things that really truly make me happy. Like what are the things that really give me a deep sense of happiness, not like a temporary sense of happiness. And, and I can tell you one thing. I figured quick story for you. So a year ago, I was uh, at my uh, jujitsu uh, studio, and I, there's different belt rankings, and a beginner is a white belt. In Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you get little stripes on your white belt as you <clears throat> advance until you get a different color belt. And I got my first stripe on my white belt about a year ago. So I was driving home in my car, and I started breaking. I broke down. I could not stop crying. Wow. And it was the first time I remember in probably 15 years. Well, actually, the last time I remember this happening is when my daughter was born. She's 13 mm-hmm. now, so about 13 years ago. But I was crying tears of joy, mm-hmm. and I could not stop. And I actually called my dad on the way home and I said, dad, I got to talk to somebody about this because I, I, I feel, I can't believe how good I feel. And, and, I, and it was like, Con, I couldn't stop crying. And mm. I, I'm not, I'm not a crier. Like I, yeah. I don't remember the last time tears came out of my, maybe when my daughter was born, like I said, mm. but, and I walk in the door and I've got tears in my eyes and my wife's like, what's wrong? And I said, I just got my first stripe on my white belt, which is just a piece, literally a piece of tape they stick on your white belt. And so I started thinking, I started thinking about it. And I was like, over the next few weeks, I was like, gosh, dang, why was I so happy about that? Mm -hmm. And the answer for me was because Brazilian jiu-jitsu is hard. Mm -hmm. There's no shortcuts, especially when you're older. You got to show up, you got to face your fear Mm -hmm. every single time you go. 
I mean, last night I was training with a guy that weighs 50 pounds more than me and is 20 years younger. And what I think I figured out, Colin, is the things that truly give me joy, that mm -hmm. give me a deep sense of happiness, uh, are overcoming challenges and overcoming. I, I still drink wine and I still love drinking wine mm -hmm. and things like that. But there's a lot of things that I, that I and I'm sure a lot of your listeners do that give us kind of a temporary sense of happiness. Yeah, right? I would agree. You know, a quick sense of happiness, the deep, deep joyful sense of happiness, at least for me, is things like doing things that are consistent with, first of all, having a purpose in life, uh, overcoming obstacles, overcoming challenges. Those are the things. And it was a real eye-opener for me because uh, for good or for bad, I'm in a situation where I could live a pretty comfortable life. I, I don't have to exercise. I don't have to challenge myself that much. I could literally sit there and watch TV most of the time and do nothing. Mm -hmm. And what I've realized is maybe the ironic thing about that is success can be really dangerous, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it can be really dangerous. And I found myself before I started jujitsu, I've had tons of success. I've been really lucky getting lazy and, and getting soft. And I was like, man, this is dangerous. I need to, mm. I need to figure out something to push myself. And so for me, that's a long way to answer your question. But for that me, the things growth. that really made me happy that really give me a deep sense of happiness or doing things consistent with my purpose, overcoming challenges, solving problems, helping other people. It's not those little quick, quick hitters that you can do for yourself to make, mm -hmm. make yourself happy. So yeah, so that's my answer to that question. Yeah. I think it's a great answer because I, I, I'm going to tie it back to what you said earlier on about doing it for other people, all the, the science now about habits um, and taking things on. And even when you're doing your meditation, when you're doing instructor meditation, it's always about think about who you're doing this for. And, and the habits is the same thing. Who are you doing this for? Um, and that's what keeps me going. Yeah. I mean, you know, the latest challenges is always, so who can I do this for? And the moments yeah. of greatest joy in, in my life are when my daughters are successful with their exams or when, you know, when, the, the time that I last cried in, in a, in a, in a good way was when, actually in a bizarre way, when my daughter was sitting in the office underneath the, uh, my desk and I was doing something and she just, she was doing her homework and this was a few years ago and she kicked me in the leg and I looked down and she just looked up at me and she said, bully. Um, and she'd spotted me doing something in the office, which she'd taught, been taught was bullying and she was right. And it was that moment where suddenly my daughter is teaching me about life. And that, for me, <laughs> that got me to tears because I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, great. Firstly, I'm bringing somebody into the world who's willing to, to speak up. But secondly, yeah. that she's willing to take that risk because it was she was shaking when she, she talked about it later on. But she wanted me to live the best life. And therefore, doing it for others is, is one of the best things you can do. It's great. So yeah. For sure. For sure. I love that. I'd, I'd want to come back to your lessons from the podcast because as a yep. fellow podcast, I mean, for those who want to, to do their own podcast, maybe just some of your lessons about running that because they're not easy. You know, it's not everybody thinks, oh, you just do a podcast, you, you know, rack up and yeah. you do them. But uh, what have your learnings, what has it given you and what have you learned from it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so I started the podcast during quarantine primarily because I'd been thinking about it for two or three years, but, but I, the thing that held me back to be totally frank with you is I was like, why would anybody want to listen to a lawyer talk about anything? You know, like what, what's the, what would be the point of it? Like, what would be the, what, what's the conceit or, or, or what's the purpose of, 
the podcast. So, and, and I hadn't been able to answer that question. And then quarantine hit, we were locked down in Texas. And I, I, I don't think my family left the house more than once a day for like three or four months. And so it was pretty strict. And I, you know, of course, what do people do? They get on the internet, get on social media and I'm on social media and everybody's just fussing and fighting. It's so negative. You know, I said, I, I know a lot of really cool leaders, a lot of really cool people that are positive people. And I want to try to inject some positivity into the world. So there you go. All of a sudden I had a purpose for my podcast, which was focus on positive leaders. And then my wife and I were sitting on the back patio one night drinking wine (laughs) and we were were trying to come up with a name for it and had all different sorts of names. And my wife was like, how about lessons from leaders? And I said, that's perfect. And so then we had a name that really, that really kind of embodied Mm. the purpose of the podcast. And so what what, what ended up happening was I had no expectations for it. I told myself I was going to do it for a year and see what happened. It's been one of the best experiences that I've had the last 10 years. I've got to meet and talk to people like you that I would never have had the opportunity to meet and talk to. I, I think I've released 40 shows now. And and one thing, and I did totally did not expect this, by the way, mm. was I started noticing patterns. And mm. people were saying the same thing. So, I, for example, I would have a military general mm. and then a district attorney, which is a basically a lawyer who prosecutes criminal cases. And then I would have a sports star. And they'd basically be saying the same thing. And yeah. so I got a call from an Air Force colonel about uh, eight months ago, a, a, a guy that I knew in college. And he said, hey, I have been listening to your podcast. Once you give a speech to the U.S. military, I'm doing a leadership wow. uh, a leadership uh, seminar, a two-day leadership seminar. I want you to come in and give a speech on leadership. And I said, wow, mm-hmm. really? And you know what my first thought was, to be totally honest with you, Colin? Yep. My first thought was, no way. I'm too yeah. nervous. I'm too scared. I can't do that. I, why would a lawyer talk to all these military people in these uniforms and i what if i what if i didn't do a good job and all these negative thoughts that came into my mind you know what enabled me to say yes was my martial arts training yeah because my martial arts training has given me confidence that i didn't have before so that's one of the big benefits of that but but in any event i gave a speech and it's actually on my web my youtube page lessons from leaders with brian beck and i gave this speech and the speech is about what i call the five fundamental principles of leadership Mm. And basically, I play clips from different podcast podcast guests who are saying essentially the same thing. And so I'm not I'm not saying these are all the leadership principles. I'm not saying there might be other leadership principles. But to me, if you have these five fundamental leadership principles, and, and it's basically things like the number one principle is leaders are servants. Good leaders think their job is to help the people they lead. Nice. Another one of the principles is good leaders don't ask their people to do things they wouldn't do. But it's been, like I said, an incredible, incredible experience. I'm actually working on a book right now that's going to be taken from the podcast on, and the book is, I think, going to be called Lessons from Lessons from Leaders or something <laughs> like that. So, Good. Uh, but, but it's been, it's, it's been a blast and, you mm-hmm. know, the uh, opportunities to meet people like you and some of my other guests has just been life-changing for me. Yeah. Well, we've got commonality because when we were trying to work out the name for our business, Potential Squared, my wife yep. and I, we had a few bottles of wine. <laughs> and 
and we tried every name, Flying Pigs Consulting, everything. And eventually, <laughs> my wife turned around to me and Lisa and said, uh, you just need a bit more positivity. In fact, you need positivity squared, and that's where Potential Squared came up to bring that uh, to life. But it's interesting, that's led to the book. So there's common themes in here. But for me, it, it's about giving back, isn't it? It's about giving principles that people can trial and have a go at and experiment in their life, which is great. In addition to my dad's teachings about never quitting and being persistent, what's what's given me a lot of confidence and, and a, a lot of uh, a lot less concerned about quote failure mm. is martial arts because you know especially when you start martial arts you go in there and you fail every single time you do it right <laughs> yeah. bruises and, so and everything get, <laughs> bruises and everything and so you, you you're getting your butt kicked every single time you go in there and if you're not willing to check your ego at the door yeah. be humble have kind of a beginner's mentality, then you're never going to make it. Yeah. You know what I love about this is this common themes coming out. Humility is a key thing. And the one bit that when I wrote the book, it was all about my screw-ups and my failings. And But there's something about the Japanese culture as well when you go back and the martial arts culture, whereas I loved when the Masters was won by that famous Japanese golfer um, and his caddy put the flag back in the 18th and then bowed to the course, yeah, nice. walking nice. off. And, nice. it, you know, for me, that's that's almost I hold something in my, my mind, which is life is like that. You know, we should be bound to life. Life is a challenge. Life is something we take on. But unless we can experiment, unless we can have humility and humbleness, as you you talk about there and work it and live it, then for me, it's it's why live? You know, as you said, yeah. going to a job and not having a purpose. For me, you know, you've got one chance in this life. And what are you going to yeah. do with it? That's my that's my goal. And I so if if your dad and there's a common theme in here as well. So my my wife's grandfather was a um, a squadron leader, squadron leader nice. guest. So and he was one of the nicest men, oh, brilliant men that I've ever met. But if your dad was to look at you now and say what he was proud about, yeah, what would he what would he say? The two things he was proudest of you. You know, that's a great question. You're going to bring tears to my eyes for the first mm -hmm. time since I got my first stripe on my white belt. But yeah. I, I would say. I would say without any doubt whatsoever, he would, and, and the reason I know this is because he tells me this, mm. is uh, being a great dad mm. and husband to my wife. The, the, for, you know, those are, and he says, my dad famously says that there's a million different ways to raise kids. Mm. I, every parent has a different approach. The thing that matters is that they know that you care. Mm. And there's a million different ways to express that. And so I think that that would probably be if my dad were to say, what are you most proud about your son? He would say he's a, he's a good father to his three kids and he's a good husband to his wife. And then beyond that, the thing that I would add to that, that I personally am very proud of and the thing that I, 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 I take a lot of personal pride in is I think I'm a, I'm a good friend to my, to the people that I'm friends with too. I, to me, that's, my relationships with my family and my friends are probably the most important thing in my life. I can't think of much, much that would be more important. And so put a lot of emphasis on that. I mean, you know, I'm a hard worker, but a lot of people are hard workers and, you know, I'm, I'm good at golf and I, I was an athlete and all that sort of thing. I stay in pretty good shape, but, but at the end of the day, when, when I'm being buried, I want people to say, I don't want people to say this guy was a great lawyer or a great podcast host. I want to say he was a great family man. He was a great friend. 
and he did what he could to make the world a better place. That's what I want people to say about me. Love that. I mean, I always I can never remember the exact quote, but no man is poor who has friends from It's a Wonderful Life always struck me. And I, one of my good friends said that once at a speech. Um, and yeah. I'm a big believer in that. And if and if you can make your work about people and you can have the relationship you've got with that young lady who went on to college and yeah. be part of people's lives, whether it's friend or somebody who influences their lives, I think that's a key thing. Brian, this was this was brilliant. If people want to Firstly, when when are you thinking the book is going to come out? When when are you hoping? Boy, that's a great question. I'm thinking probably sometime in the spring of next year. So uh, I, I'm working on it right now. I've kind of got it. You know how it goes. You've written a book. I kind of have a draft in my head, and I it's kind of probably halfway done. But I got to start getting stuff on paper. Uh, yeah. But but the the cool thing about it is, it's not going to be lessons from me. Yeah. It's going to be lessons from the people that I interviewed and it's going to be the commonalities between. So, so the book almost in a way writes itself. (laughs) Nice. Well, I can recommend Cape Cod, Massachusetts, because that's where I wrote most of my, and just having the beautiful and everything there was, was brilliant. Um, So if people wanted to get in contact or hear more about you, where's the best place for them to go, Brian? Yeah. So I'm all, I'm all over social media. It's a, and it's a, my social media is under my name, Brian Beckham. And it's kind of an unusual sewing. It's B E C K C O M B E C K C O M. So it's like Beck.com. Most people forget that second C, but my uh, podcast and my art where I host all my articles and my podcast is brianbeckham.org. Mm-hmm. My law firm is VB Attorneys. That's V as in Victor, B as in Brian, VBAttorneys.com. And then I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and social media. So, and and I love it when people reach out to me because I've I've got to meet some really cool people, frankly, Mm. on uh, social media and through the podcast. So, uh, but, but anyway, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Cool. And I can't go without saying that for all those British viewers, don't write David Beckham. Yeah. Or <laughs> no relationship to that. Are you well, maybe distant, maybe, maybe distant. distantly, <laughs> distantly. Yeah. I was a basketball player. I was a basketball player in high school and college, but you know, people constantly spell my name just like David Beckham. Plus I'm six one and I have blonde hair. So yeah, hey, they were like, yeah. Oh, are you related? Exactly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now I just need to get a bunch of tattoos. Right. <laughs> Ryan, it's been brilliant. Thank you for coming on. And uh, I'm sure everybody's enjoyed this conversation. And when the book comes out, I'd love to have you back on and we can talk more about it. So that'd be brilliant. Yeah. Thank you so much, Colin. It's, it was great seeing you again. Like I said, best of luck to you with your book launch coming up at the end of September. I'll, I'll make sure and spread the word around uh, on my network. And your podcast episode will be released right about that time, too. So everybody should look forward to that, too. But but thank you very, very much for having me on the show today. Huge pleasure. Huge pleasure, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, man. Well, folks, that conversation with Brian, it's one of those uh, conversations that always reminds me that there's certain people you meet in your life that you just love to talk to love to be listened to by them uh, which brian has a real skill to that he has a warmth and an engagement um that is comes through in that podcast and 
and listening to his conversation. I also just like the, the 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 work that he's done around understanding the impact of his father has had in his life, but also this this restless piece that he's got about what he's doing and his work as a lawyer, work in society, um, and the, his exploration, experimentation with different things, which uh, leads me to to think about how I come across uh, to other people, uh, and in a good way, his experimentation with his his work, his martial arts, um, is is something we can all take a, a lesson for and a thought from today. So, glad I had the chance uh, to get him on the podcast, and I'm sure you will have enjoyed that conversation. Look forward to welcoming you back in another episode of the Leadership Tales podcast. Mm-hmm.